So we're continuing in our series about light of the world, not just that Jesus is the light of the world, but actually that we are called to be lights in the world. Well, Christmas is very much on its way now, isn't it? How is your preparation going? How's the shopping, the present buying? Have you got your tree up yet? You know, I've still got a lot of to-do lists going through my mind. I don't know about you. But evidently, the very first week of December every year, the Christmas tree goes up in Trafalgar Square. And that tree is sent over from Norway every year since World War II. And this year, it is 82 feet tall. So not your average tree that's going to fit into your living room. And it has got 900 lights on it. I mean, imagine what a tangle they could be if you were getting 900 lights down from the loft. So I I don't know where you're getting your tree from, whether you've ordered a king's Christmas tree or you're going to get it from the deepest, darkest regions of your loft. But it's the season that you're going to have to get that tree down. I don't know about you, but when you get the tree down from the loft and the decorations and you start decorating, we always find there's one box that somehow has got lost in the corner of the loft. And you get so far and then, oh no, the ladders have to come out again. Someone, it's usually William, has to get up into the loft and find those missing decorations so the tree can look just perfect. And you know, when we decorate our trees, we put all the lights on them. We don't hide them in a back bedroom, do we? We put our tree in the busiest room in the house. We put it in the room where everybody gathers. And usually, we put it by the front window if we've got a window that overlooks the street. And we leave the curtains strategically open (laughs) so everybody can see our beautiful tree. And it is lovely, isn't it, when you start to see trees coming in people's windows and you walk home or you drive home from work and it's cold and dark and there's these lights shining in people's windows. It's lovely, isn't it? It it kind of makes you remember that it's Christmas, it's the season. And in our series, we're talking about light. We're talking about Jesus being the light of the world, the light that has come into the darkness, the light that was hoped for for centuries to come. And you know, Jesus, uh, in Matthew, he speaks about lights shining in a home. And so we're going to read what he says in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, beginning at verse 14. He says this, and he's talking to his disciples, his followers. So if you're a follower of Jesus, he's talking to you directly this morning. He says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So just as it would be a terrible waste to have a beautifully decorated tree tucked away in a back bedroom 
So it would be ridiculous to hide our light, the light of our faith in Jesus, under a bowl. Because lights are meant to be exposed. They're meant to be shown. They're meant to be there to welcome people and draw people in. I mean, there are occasionally times you kind of hide your light. I can remember as a child when mum came up and switched the light off and it was bedtime, uh, reading my book under the, you know, under the covers with a torch. Anybody else do that kind of thing? I'm sure today probably kids are trying to hide their smartphones under the covers. But usually, lights are meant to be seen, aren't they? They are like a welcome, like an invitation uh, to come into a room and, and be there and enjoy being there. And Jesus says that our light is not just for us. Our faith in Jesus, the light of the world, is not meant to be an individual thing. It's meant to be for sharing. It's for everyone, he says. So there's no one that God doesn't want us to share the light with. There's no one this Christmas that God wants to be left outside in the dark. John, when he was introducing Jesus in his gospel, says that the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And so we're called to shine our light for everyone. And when we do that, when we uh, do kind deeds, when we do good works, when we are generous and open with others... People will see that, and they will glorify our Father in heaven. Now, Jesus isn't saying that good deeds are the way to heaven. He's not saying that good deeds kind of earn us extra points with God. What he's saying is that if we've truly met the light of the world, Jesus, then we should want to show that in our life. And good deeds are an expression of that, of kindness, of grace, of the mercy that we have received when we've put our faith in Jesus. And certainly, we've seen that kind of cycle of goodness happen time after time with things like the big big red box. As we uh, do good deeds, as we collect food, as we give them out to people who are without what they need this Christmas, then some light, some hope, some kindness is transferred. And some of the people who've received those boxes have come back and, and they've come to carol services. They've, they've said that it's made a difference to their life. You know, as Christians, we are the most attractive when we're thinking of others. You know, sometimes we can feel that as believers, we're a bit sidelined or people are cynical, uh, indifferent to our faith. But when we focus on others, when we focus on what we can give rather than what we can get, then our light shines brightly in our community. In the Christmas story in the Bible, there were lots of moments when light shone brightly. And people responded to that light. The angels singing on the hillside The angel Gabriel coming to Mary, the bright star that led the wise men. And in response, the shepherds 
ran to tell everybody in the town that a baby had been born. And, Jesus, and Mary said yes to a life-changing baby in her life. And the wise men journeyed and told people along the way that they were seeking the true king. Wherever the light shone, people responded and they shared the good news. So what about us? If Jesus is saying to us this morning, let your light shine, uh, don't hide it, what, what does that mean? Well, I think that we can follow some of the characters in the Christmas story, and I've got three ways that maybe we can let our light shine this morning. The first way is to be willing to shine our light, to make that choice that we're going to be like a lamp on a light stand. We can be waiting for opportunities to let our light shine and to share good deeds and kindness. And we can be worshipping. So as we draw closer to Jesus, his light will shine brightly in our hearts. So three responses, to be willing, to be waiting, to be worshipping. So firstly, to be willing. Well, I think one of the people who was the most willing in this Christmas story was Mary. You know, we're so used to the Christmas story, we perhaps forget what a life-changing moment it was for her when the angel Gabriel came to her. She was probably a teenager. She was engaged to be married. She would have had plans and dreams. She would have probably been in her family the person who went and got the water from the well, who tended the animals in the fields, baked bread alongside her mother. And... I'm sure when she was thinking about getting married, she was thinking about maybe we'll have a child together, me and Joseph. And she had all these dreams and hopes. And then the angel Gabriel arrives. And in one heart-stopping moment, she is told that her life is never going to be the same again. Yes, she's going to have a baby, but it's before she's going to be married. And it's not going to be Joseph's baby somehow is going to be the Son of God. Can you imagine what must have gone through her mind? What am I going to say to Joseph? What's my dad going to say? This is going to be so scandalous. And how are we going to deal as a family with the shame and the questions and the accusations? But she doesn't say any of that to the angel. Instead, she says... I am the Lord's servant. May your will, your word to me be fulfilled. What astonishing willingness to be used by God, to be a light bearer. You know, I think it's also really wonderful and gracious that the next thing that Gabriel tells her is that her cousin Elizabeth is also expecting a child in a miraculous way and it gives Mary somewhere to go. I wonder if she needed those months with Elizabeth for her family to calm down and her dad to come to terms with this amazing news. But she was willing. She was willing to let her light shine. Are we willing? You know, like that old chorus, 
Do we say in our heart, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to let that little light shine. Are we willing to be light bearers for Jesus? Are we willing to be waiting for opportunities? You know, there are some characters in the Christmas story who are waiting for the moment that Jesus came. They were waiting to share that good news. I really would encourage you to reread the Christmas story, particularly in Luke's gospel, in the first two chapters of Luke's gospel. Why not this week read those stories and imagine what it was like for those characters to hear the good news about Jesus. Anna and Simeon were older people. They were people of the light. They knew that the light was going to come into the darkness. They knew a savior was on his way. God had spoken to them and they were waiting for it to happen. They positioned themselves in a way that was ready to hear from God. So listen to what Luke writes about Simeon. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He saw the light in Jesus. And he was waiting for it and ready to tell other people about it. And Anna was the same. She was waiting in the temple. And when she saw Mary and Joseph and, the Jesus, and Jesus, she told everybody about this baby. They responded to the Holy Spirit's prompting. And they spoke about what God had showed them. It sounds easy, doesn't it? But actually, if you think about it, I wonder how many days they went to the temple and waited and nothing seemed to happen. The same people came, the same people went. I wonder if people kind of looked at them and said, why are you hanging around the temple? Why are you here? Why do you keep on praying and waiting and talking about this Messiah to come? But there was something in them that said, we have to be ready for the light. We have to be ready for when the light comes. We have to be waiting so that we can share in this good news. You know, for us, there's going to be lots of waiting in this Christmas season. Are you ready for that? You know, the trains may be delayed because there's a leaf on the track, and you may be waiting at the station Or waiting in the shops, there's always longer lines, isn't there? And waiting to pay. And of course, the post office. How many of us are going to send a parcel to friends and family far away and we know we're going to have to wait in the post office queue? So why don't you redeem those moments 
and shine your light in that queue. Maybe talk to someone. Ooh, be brave. Talk about Christmas. Talk about the weather. Share who you are. The other day, I, I was uh, walking near where I live, and I saw someone waiting in the, bus, uh, the queue in the bus stop, and I started to, you know, pause and talk to them, you know, the weather, the usual things that we Brits find to make small talk about. And then I was asking her about her family, and she shared that um, they were facing a really challenging situation. And you know how you do sometimes where you just want to kind of move on, but I thought, oh no, I'm, I'm going to take a deep breath. And so I asked her a bit more about it and listened. And then at the end I said, do you mind if I kind of pray for you going forward that this situation will be resolved? I didn't think she was a believer, but she immediately said, yes, that, that would be so kind. People want us to share light with them. I know I sometimes find it difficult. I pause, I hesitate, I wonder how people are going to react. But when we take those opportunities, light is shared. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, Peter's speaking in a time of persecution, but he's saying that doesn't matter if you're likely to face opposition or indifference or cynicism, which probably we're more likely to face. Still speak up. Still give a reason. Still be ready to be a light. I know sometimes we we get nervous, sometimes we fumble, don't we, and we actually blow it, and that's okay because there'll be other opportunities. But we're called to speak up. Sometimes we wonder if we can speak up. And recently there was a, a question at Prime Minister's Question Times about this, and a Christian MP asked Theresa May, is it okay for Christians to share their faith in the workplace. And she answered very strongly, saying, yes, of course we need to respect others, we need to be responsible and wise, but we can talk about our faith. We can talk about Christmas. Let's talk about Christmas. Let's shine our light. Let's be like an inviting lamp in a room that will draw people in. Let's not be like an interrogation light and bring fear or judgment. That's not our role. Let's speak with gentleness and respect. But let's let our light shine. For us to invite someone to a carol service or to watch night, you know, the reality is the worst that we're going to get probably is a bit of indifference or I'm too busy or some polite excuse But actually, some will say yes, and some will come along. So let's take the risk. Let's speak up. Let's shine our light. Anna and Simeon weren't just waiting, though. They were also worshipping. They were keeping their eyes focused on Jesus. 
You know, we used to live in Miami, and uh, we went through a few hurricanes when we were in uh, Miami. And um, after you've had a hurricane, usually, even if it's quite a minor hurricane, you have uh, your power goes in your house, often for two or three days. And so we had a very small second-hand generator, ran on petrol, so it was very noisy, very smelly, and you could only plug two things into it. So it was always like a big decision what to plug into the generator. Obviously, you'd want the fridge plugged in, but then you had to weigh up, would it be charging your phone? Would it be charging your laptop? Would it be putting a light on in the room? And in the evening, you'd want to have a light on. And so we would juggle with this old, battered old generator. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that sometimes we feel like that. We feel like we don't really have the resources that we need to shine our light. We feel kind of unsure about what to say. We feel maybe we don't have the courage to speak up. We don't know what to say. We can feel like our faith is running on a small generator. But you know what we bring and what we say, each one of us, really matters. You know, when I was a child, my dad was one of these dads that loved to fix things and he would never throw anything away. Nothing was ever disposable to him. So he had the same string of lights that would come out year after year after year. And if when he plugged it in, it didn't work, he would, you know, unscrew every little bulb and screw them back up again. And he had like replacement bulbs that he would put in because for him, every light mattered and he wanted it to shine lovely on the tree. And you know, our father in heaven, when he looks down at us, Each one of us matter. None of us is disposable. And for every one of us, our little light matters in what God wants to achieve in our neighborhood and in our community. And if you think that your light is too small or you don't have the power, the resources, I want you to know that God has promised that if we draw near to him, if we worship him, if we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he will give us the power and the resources and the words that we need. You know, in Acts 1, it says that believers will receive the Holy Spirit, they will receive power, and they will be witnesses. And so if you feel like you're lacking in power, worship. Come to him, and he will fill you up again. The light will burn more brightly in your life if you come and worship. You know, sometimes when we come to church, we can almost feel like to worship is going to take energy away from us. Do you know what I mean? You know, if you're tired, you just kind of come into church and perhaps sit down a bit kind of low-key. But actually, if we open our hearts up, If we engage in worship, if we lift our hands, even if we're feeling a bit, you know, worn out, we will find that the Holy Spirit will fill us. And as we worship, as we engage, our light will grow more brightly. We're going to have opportunity to worship at the end. Let's let's engage, let's draw near to the light of the world. 
The other thing to remember about the Christmas story is that all the people involved in the Christmas story were very ordinary. Well, probably except the wise men, who probably were a bit extraordinary, looking at the stars and, you know, having that wisdom. But everybody else was very ordinary, and probably the most ordinary were the shepherds. You know, they had a pretty dirty, lonely job out on the hill, looking after hundreds of sheep, you know, not in the town, not in the glow of the light, uh, probably working very long hours, shift work, having to shelter the sheep from wolves and bandits. And really, they wouldn't have been educated people. They would have been on the sidelines. And yet, you know, it's to them that the angels came. It wasn't to the high priests in the temple. It wasn't to the posh people in Jerusalem who were well-educated and had everything ready. No, it was to humble shepherds that like the curtains of heaven opened. And there were a mighty host of angels praising God and, and telling them, who probably even didn't know some of the scriptures and the prophecies, telling them, the best news on earth, that Jesus was born. And, you know, let's read that story of what happened when that happened to the shepherds, ordinary people. We read this. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, I think they probably were a bit shell-shocked, let's go to Bethlehem. And when they had seen him, when they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I think they were amazed not just at what was told, but who was telling them. How on earth can these shepherds know about the King of glory, the Messiah, coming to earth? But God is committed to using ordinary people to spread his news. And when we worship him, when we come close to him, when we remember again that he is the great light that has come into the world the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, that he has come to reign. And yet he's starting off his life as a helpless baby. What a wonder that Jesus has come, left his glory, living with an ordinary family as a, an ordinary boy, growing up, and then coming to that point where he willingly laid down his life for us. When his body was swallowed up in the darkness of the tomb and all heaven waited to see what would happen. And then that glorious, victorious moment when he was raised from the dead and the light shone out brightly. You know, when you remember that, when you come close to him and worship him, it has to come out in your life, in how you speak, in how you act towards people. So let me read again those verses from Matthew. 
Let me read them from the message version. And as I read them, just reflect on what it's going to mean for you to shine your light this Christmas. Jesus said, here's another way to put it. You're here in Catford, in Lewisham, in Bromley. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So just reflect for a moment. How are you going to be a light to your world this Christmas? Why don't you think about buying a Christmas tree? It's not too late to order a king's Christmas tree and to encourage people to maybe put leaflets round the doors near you about Christmas trees, about big red box. You know, we've sold 450 Christmas trees and they're going to fund so many meals for people at the feast, people who are marginalized in our society. We've collected enough food for 680 boxes so far already. Just think of the families who are going to feel a sense of care and kindness and hope and light this Christmas. And you know, it's not just us here in the church who's getting involved. People from uh, work and people's community groups, all kinds of people are collecting food. Let's get busy and do good works that our Father might be glorified through what we do. Let's invite people to the carol services. It's really not that difficult. And the reality is most people would love to get a little glow of the Christmas spirit. And you can be sure that the way we present Jesus is going to be gentle and respectful. But wouldn't it be great if someone that you invited is, who is far from God suddenly understood who the light of the world was at one of the Christmas carol services this year. So come on, let's shine our light brightly. Let's be willing, let's be waiting, let's be worshipping, let's be people who shine and show who Jesus is, the light of the world. Amen.